Bonjour. Euh, Est-ce que je peux avoir une baguette, s'il vous plaît Tradition Oui. Oui. Et puis, euh, un pagnou, s'il vous plaît. Et un petit pagnou. Allez, c'est le dernier, il n'y en a plus. Parfait. Allez. Moins 20, s'il vous plaît. Ah, bah, c'est pas cher. Hein. Non, c'est jamais cher chez la boulangère. Super. Alors, 3, vous avez dit 3 3, 20, 3, Et 20. on touche combien là <rire> Alors, Je suis prête toujours à faire l'andouille moi. C'est bon. parfait. Merci, Merci beaucoup. À bientôt. Au revoir. So, welcome everyone to Molière and the Fat Lads, chapter 3. Um, and uh, yeah, we've got a fun packed uh, soiree for you guys this morning. Uh, that doesn't make sense. We've got <laughs> a fun packed soiree for you, for you people this evening. So uh, yeah, what we talk, what we're we talking about? Oh, the podcast. Sorry. Um, yeah. So we've got, as I say, a fun pack pod for everyone this evening. And um, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's better, isn't it? Everyone. Because <laughs> don't forget, it's all about the listener. And I don't want them to think there's any sort of funny business going on. Um, the there is a big announcement to make, and that is that we're going to break um, podcast history today. We're going to have a groundbreaking. Um, part on the pod today and that will be coming up shortly but I won't say any more keep everyone yeah, on the hooks it's going to be this sort of podcast equivalent of the moon landings I think although that might be putting it a bit modestly but yeah it's it we're talking that sort of area of uh, of incredibleness coming up yeah watch this space Well, listen, listen to this space. Do you have anything to add on any of what's been said so far? Nope. 
<laughs> Thanks for your contributions, Matt. Let us see where this is going. I'm a bit worried about my statues now. Have you had enough? Let's let's start off highbrow and then sort of work our way slowly down. Let's start mm. off with the, uh, the with the um, literary section. Did you have anything you'd like to um, to uh, contribute to? With you know more than one syllable would be quite helpful. Yep. <laughs> Great. Okay. Thanks, fat lads. Um, Lamar au diable. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, yeah, written by George Sands. And um, the the uh, the comment that I wanted to well, a couple of things about it is one I was I really enjoyed it. Well, I say I really enjoyed it. I've been reading it for a long time, and um, I read. I read up to about 20 pages from the end and then I stopped, which is a bit, it's a bit silly really, because I enjoyed it up to that point. And so I don't know why I stopped. So I just, I should finish it off. Um, but it was good up to that point to go, maybe you could edit that bit out. That would be good. good of you. <laughs> but the, um, the, the thing, the thing I have to confess is that, uh, I stayed at a hotel years and years ago uh, called the George Sand um, in uh, a little town called Loche, which is in the Eure-et-Loire, I think. And um, and I didn't even know that George Sand was a woman when I stayed in a hotel. I don't think I did anyway. I certainly hadn't read any of her books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> Well, or maybe not. Probably not, actually. Even in episode three. <laughs> and I was very envious of her, uh, her famous salons that she had, you know, where all the glitterati and literati of Paris would attend, and it just seemed like just such a wonderful life, you know, to constantly be exchanging ideas, I guess, rather than just putting on soap operas or something, you know. So yeah, well, very I, envious of, of her music. Well, I do understand what you're saying because, um, yeah, um, I have felt a bit like that myself. <laughs> I should try and say that without laughing. Um, during, during the podcast? Well, no, I think that actually during the podcast, you um, you don't have to be envious anymore because you are living the, um, the 21st century version of a George Sand Salon de Tay. Salon this, this is a salon. This is a salon, and which would give us the opportunity of welcoming all our um, all our French literature fans to the pod. I think, you know. Well, you know, they're obviously not in the wrong place. They were probably wondering if they were, but they're you. They can be, you know, reassured that they're not. And you could maybe throw in the odd French word as well, which would be nice. Yeah, I could throw in the odd French word. You could have the odd bottle of wine, and it will all be very authentic, wouldn't it? Well, it's funny you should mention wine, actually. I've just got to uncork this one. Sorry. <laughs> Not sure if we should be doing that on podcast. <laughs> no, it's just getting a bit low. I'm going into the kitchen to get the bottle of wine. Have you had enough? Look, you know, I know you think that for some amazing feat of technology and, and time travel that I'm sitting in my chateau in 1789, but um, I don't have a bedpan. 
Was that still part of the literary section? I do apologise. Yeah, I've just read a great book called Broom Broom, which is a collection of uh, writing about witches from the London Review of Books. Great little book. Fantastic uh, long form essays. Um, just a collection of stuff from throughout their history that people have written loosely connected with witches and witchcraft. There's a particularly good um, there's a particularly good essay in it by Hilary Mantel, the great novelist, um, about the the last woman to be convicted of witchcraft in in England. It's a woman called Helen Duncan in 1944, believe it or not, and she was sentenced to nine months in prison Wow! upon conviction. And she was basically uh, a spiritualist, a medium, probably a bit of a charlatan. She was famous for producing ectoplasm, which it's thought was a bit of cheesecloth that she had hidden in a pocket. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she was uh, during the war. She was convicted of witchcraft, nine months in prison. And then the uh, I looked a bit further into this case and yeah the certainly her conviction played a part in the in repealing the uh the witchcraft laws but that didn't happen until 1951 which is really extraordinary you know and i was thinking we kind of look back on the kind of uh the whole history of witchcraft and witchcraft trials and we we all feel a bit superior you know a bit like how we look back on uh, the era of the slave trade and so forth. And we all feel oh, we're so much more civilized now. But actually, no, just reading about the hysteria and basic, uh, the hysteria behind witch hunts and witch trials and and the fact that nearly all witch hunting appears to be just a sort of codified excuse for misogyny. No, but we still have it, don't we? We're still, we're still ready for that hysteria and we're ready to believe anything about people we kind of dislike to begin with. So, you know, if if uh, if a fantasist comes forward and tells the police that, you know, there's a tour, there's a bunch of Tory MPs murdering children, then we're ready to believe that, even if there's not because <laughs> those of us who don't like Tories are ready to believe it anyway. Is that um, not true? Is that not true then? Well, there we go. And uh, I'm surprised at you, Molière. So, yeah, we haven't moved on at all. We haven't moved on at all. We're still ready. We're still ready to convict if we don't like. We're still ready for that hysteria. We're still ready to believe fantasists. No different to Salem. And, uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a good point, actually, because um, when you see the, yeah, exactly. When you see the way people behave today about stuff, you yeah. know, like maybe injecting um, disinfectant or something or drinking yeah. it. Um, yeah. stuff like that um, you know it's very easy to believe that people were um, convicting witches and, and stuff well, no smoke no smoke without fire is really just it's the same you know it's absolutely the same sort of end of the presumption of yeah innocence. but I, I, I hate that phrase anyway because yeah. if you if you have a fire if you've ever had a fire you will yeah. know that there is smoke without fire and um, and it's actually can be one of the most frustrating things, really, because you've got all this smoke, but there's no fire. Yeah. And of, of course, it's not it's not beyond the realms of possibility that idiots will see smoke when there's no fire either. Right. And uh, yeah, and sort of trial by social media and all that. We haven't progressed at all. We do. We really haven't. But it's part of being modern. 
at any time period in history to look back on history and feel superior and feel that progress is inevitable. But uh, no, just kind of reading this book and it's a, it really is a fantastic little book worth a read. I thought, you know, I thought we could maybe save it for the Halloween special, but there we are. Well, don't worry, you could you could do it at Halloween. Yeah, no one would be no one would be hearing it for a, for a second time, would they? No, because we we seem to have a high turnover of listeners. <laughs> so, so, in fact, there might not even be a Molière on this anymore, you know, and maybe oh, Fat Lads. Maybe maybe it's become Russo in the Thin Lad or something by oh, then, you know. Well, if by some miracle we get to chapter five or six or whatever, we could just put out the same episode again, right? Because I mean, no one's going to know. That's a stroke of genius, and just sort of change. Yeah, maybe just yeah. Well, let's try and see what happens to the numbers. <laughs> we'll, we'll try. <laughs> <laughs> We're just giving people reasons to like tune yeah. out. Aren't we? <laughs> Steady with your assumptions. Analysis. Yes. Well, talking of analysis, are we going to get on to your um? Oh, we've done. Sorry, yeah. Beg your pardon. You've done your literary bit, haven't you? So, is this officially still the literary section then? <laughs> Pregnant pause. (laughs) No, you said I I thought that you were inviting me to think. (laughs) <laughs> and it, it takes me time to think sometimes. Sorry, is that not ideal for a podcast? Don't think, just speak. Oh, it's, it's it's unusual. There's nothing wrong in that. If we could just take time to think. <laughs> can, I, can you give me a bit of time to think about that? You just sort of, you know, oh. threw that out there. There was no pre-planning. Yeah, because I think the problem with a lot of podcasts is it's just inane rambling. I think if we can avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we start yeah. this episode again then? Well, I don't know. We're still we're still using the goat sounds. Maybe that is breaking the rules. You're not supposed to use goat sounds after episode two. Yeah, I think that's that's what novices do, and then they wise up, right? Because everyone is kind of kind of looks at goat sound users with with disdain, don't they? I'm, I'm sure they I'm sure they do. So we're yeah. going to carry on then, no doubt. We're going to use it, use even more of them. <laughs> <laughs> So it's Bastille Day there, right? So have you been out beating the bracken? I go out beating the bracken quite regularly, yeah. actually. I even yeah. stay in and beat the bracken sometimes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you can edit there. that bit out if you don't want. When I say stay in, I mean stay in my grounds. Have you had enough? Um, let's crack on. Well, I could put you in brackets if you like. Yeah, that would you know, be good. That would be the sort of the um, 2020 version of putting you in the um, village stocks. I'll just put you in brackets. God, you're obsessed with stocks and burning people. and what's, It's just like some Bastille Day thing that's taking you over. No, I'm just getting a bit, remini- I'm just getting a bit reminiscent in my old age. Are you looking me? Pink. <laughs> um, 
sport, sport. I've got to talk about the cricket then, right? Especially for our French fans. We seem to have a few of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll probably be nodding my head sagely in agreement anyway. <laughs> All I know. I've just got to. I've just got to put in a. Just got to put in a line here. So just, just give me a moment here. So, um, Molière, do you remember that debate we had about money in episode one? You're, you're in full agreement with me now, aren't you? Right. Let's we'll stick the line in there. Um, Molière has been nodding his head in a sage fashion. Right. Okay. <laughs> Carry on. That's outrageous. Oh, yeah. We'll forget that. In transparency, close brackets business. Have you got any sport news? I, would, I thought I'd already given my sport. I've not given my sports news. No, no. It's not like you're just talking vaguely about the stocks. Isn't sports news, you know, burning people. Oh, 10 out of 10 for that burning. That was good. Yeah. Artistic, artistic mark. Mm, not so good. <laughs> you know, I totally forgot. I totally forgotten about um, a sports bit, actually. Yeah, well, that's traditional anyway. So, that's kind of <laughs> um, yeah, I'll have to think I'll have a bit of a blank here. Well, you know, Molière thinks. Um about sport um ah this is fantastic okay so i met someone today this is just this is this is lovely he was the physical trainer of the french national football team during the 2000 2014 world cup so it was didier deschamps Didier Deschamps, um, right-hand man well probably not right-hand man but you know he's one of part of didier deschamps team um in, um, training the footballers for the 2014 World Cup in Brazil and yeah. the 2016 Euros and um, what a yeah. lovely guy and he was telling me loads of oh man loads of stories about um, Manchester United playing Manchester United playing three matches in you know um, in um, Rio Was that Jack Lemon and Marilyn Monroe or something? And he goes like, "Yeah, I've got something to tell you. I'm a woman." And she said, um, "Well, nobody's perfect. Don't edit that out. That's a that's a film quote. And it was, you know, context is everything. Don't do a cancelling thingy, magic there. Shall we start this episode again then? Yeah. I hope you're not. I hope you're not um, drifting away because I'm." getting up close it's not like having it's not a, it's like you shouldn't look at these pods as like being on a date with Moliere and then Make you know you sort of halfway through the date you're sort of thinking well actually I don't really like him so I'm gonna like you know just sort of lean away a bit well, I'll tell you what if you just go back to sort of one syllable answers then that will solve the problem yeah Nothing's going to be as bad as the first episode, anyway. So. Well, I guess that that was that was a stroke of genius, actually, yeah. because whatever we do, it can never be as bad 
as the first episodes. So that gives a sort of carte blanche. Oh. <laughs> That's not very reassuring for the listener, though, is it? Because <laughs> don't forget, it's all about the listener. Talking of the listener, let's sort of try and entertain them a bit with another section. How about um, having a word? Are you blocking me? Pink? Pregnant pause. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to have a word, actually. And, um, yeah, just a quick word. Um, so I learned quite a sweet little um, little ditty recently. Um, it's in French. I'll say it in French, but because I think half of our listeners are French literature students, they might quite enjoy, might, might enjoy this. And maybe we can have a translation afterwards. So I went to the boulangerie. And um, and she told me that c'est pas cher chez la boulangère, which I thought was really cool. Which means for anyone who's not sure, well, perhaps you could translate that for us, fat lad. Let's sort of. Do you want me to say it again slowly? Mm. C'est pas cher chez la boulangère. She said that to you. Yeah. So. This bakery is not a brothel. <laughs> Maybe that's what she meant. I don't know, actually. Um, I took it as meaning... <laughs> well, I guess it actually, no. Because... <laughs> I better be careful with my baguette in future, shouldn't I? Um, you might want to edit that bit out. Um, <laughs> There's going to be nothing left. <laughs> Right. What it means is, c'est pas cher chez la boulangère means it's not expensive at the baker's. For what? Right? And the it's baker's. For obscene. But la, no, but it's even better. It's even better because la boulangère is the baker woman. Oh. So it's right. not expensive at the baker woman's. You know. <laughs> And um, and this image that you might have of a French bakery yes, is, she turned, is, the, she, turned is the, she turned the open close sign round at that point. <laughs> but your image, which I'm sure I know exactly what your image of a French bakery is, is yeah. exactly right in this case. Oh my god! Oh my god! And um, you know, it, it would be lovely if you if I could introduce you to actually. But anyway, um, so. That's what she said to me um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I, I thought, oh, that, that's just really great. That's that's a wonderful little phrase. And I went there on, um, well, um, on Tuesday, yesterday, on Tuesday, um, during the La Fête Nationale, La Fête Nationale, and um, and um, she said. Uh, there is no more bread. And I thought, well, and then I, I then I, t- I said, but what are they going to eat? And she <laughs> said, let them eat cake. Oh, wow. Wow. And isn't that fantastic? You know, and and, and, and there was no more bread in the shop. And, and you know, just having a word really because 
especially oh. on that day, the 14th of July. Yeah. yeah. She, she actually, instead of calling me Monsieur, she insisted yeah. on calling me Monsieur for like months and years. And then she actually used my name well, yeah. for the first time um, recently. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> what other name would she be calling me? Come on. Okay, good. Um, so you can you can have a word. Yeah, well, I think continuing with the with the Gaelic theme, I think it would be it'd be useful for uh, for the non-French listener to sort of to 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 get a sense of of where you are, Molière, and uh, and uh, and your surroundings and your typical day, especially you know such an important day as. It's Bastille Day. So, yeah, I'm going to have a word about you. All right. Moliere toasts the new day, the epochal day, the Bastille Day, with a traditional cup of wine in the traditional way. This is his day to be, to live, to record. This is his way. A bowl of wine almost mulled by the glorious summer. The best of times, the worst of times, but really the best of times. As he rises in his bedroom, well, one of his bedrooms, his room, his hall of mirrors, reflecting only, reflecting only glory, only genius. Not satisfied with mere monocle, he gazes through his telescope, his affectation, out across his rolling acres, his estates, his day. His little men and his beautiful little ladies tending to his lands, his estates, ruddy-cheeked and willing and ploughing and being and smiling, all is well. He spins the globe, the globe that is his, archaic maps that are not quite right, because this is long ago, but this is his. His perfect world, his perfect worlds, his perfect words. He summons one of his secretaries, feeling the need to write. His writing, he cleverly dictates to the little able man, is like prostitution. First you do it for love, and then for a few close friends, and then for money. His people want and need his words, his perfect words, his national words, especially the toffs, who are hiding their powdered heads and their toffee noses behind the hedges, behind the barricades. Beauty without intelligence is like a hook without bait, he says, but he is worrying about his statues this morning. He will have a word with his little peasant groundsman about his topiary. His skies are so full and voluminous with weather. He is an impressionist, and he can paint, of course, usually with miraculous words. In an impressionist style, he can create the world, but he is modest too, a sharer. He has an aperitif, a French aperitif, while he powders his wig. He has another aperitif, fortified for the Place de la Révolution. His estate and his town is full of perfume and poetry and beauty. 
everyone is happy and bicycling and wearing onion necklaces while they conduct romances. He beats the bracken, his bracken, with his fellow toffs, the ones who still have their heads. He congratulates them on keeping their heads. They will meet up later. In the oldie taverns, they will eat out to help out. They will toast the Republic after touching up their arsenic and their beauty moles. In the boulangerie, he buys baguettes for all his people, throws generous too many doubloons onto the counter, throws cabbages too at the more unfortunate toffs on the village green. Soon this basket will be full of heads. It's ever so traditional, but he recoils poshly at the vulgarity of it all. In his very own boulodrome, he lets the misguided revolutionary youngsters win. Something wrong there, he thinks. But storm the Bastille, he shouts, and he bristles his moustaches appropriately. Liberté, fraternité, égalité, and anyway one ought to look a good deal at oneself before thinking of condemning others. The orchards are in fine fettle, and he knows that the trees that grow the slowest bear the very best of fruit. He has an aperitif to toast this knowledge, while lambs and peasants and headless toffs gamble in his Gallic fields. His land, he wants his statues, a nagging worry on this very best of days. He has an aperitif knowing that he prefers an interesting vice to a virtue that bores. He smiles for his people. Everything is for his audience. Everything is for the listener. He dictates his generous words to his secretary. I might, by chance, write something shoddy, he avers. But then I wouldn't show it to everybody. Just you, my fine, low-born peasant, he says. He has an aperitif. What a terrible thing it would be to be a great lord, yet a wicked man. The sun sets on a hundred mirrors. The brook plays. The bracken beats with blood. He has lost his head. This is traditional. And then an aperitif. And then a nightcap. I work for Moliere and I like it. So there. Well, um, I would like to say uh, you le you left me um, speechless, but um, I'll come back with something. That was, uh, yeah, well, quite the uh, homage. But um, I do have to take issue with one or two things, though. <laughs> Just one or two. Okay, that's good. Um, well, first of all... <laughs> <laughs> we don't call they don't call it Bastille Day over here, <laughs> which you know is is quite bizarre to the listener perhaps. It's Fête Nationale, La Fête Nationale. God, um, you know. So to learn that. So that's um you know your first sort of faux pas. And um, but on the on the Fête Nationale, does everyone run around without any trousers on? Well, of course, of course. Yeah, but, so that's um, that's something we got right. Okay, good. And the, and the other thing is, I think that you um, you might have um, alluded to um, a pair of teeth, maybe you know, once or twice too many. But apart from that, yeah. I'll just well, accurate. I won't. 
I won't say any more actually because I don't want to sort of um, upset your uh, exaggerated uh, image of what's actually happening over here. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I'm what I'm taking from your reaction is everything you haven't complained about is the pure unvarnished truth. And that's all I'm that's all I'm that's all official I'm, now. All I'm saying is the Fête Nationale. Yeah. And I think you might have exaggerated on the aperitif a little bit. Okay, that's good. That's good. I'm glad I'm glad the rest of it was was a strict bit of factual recording. Good. Good. I think it's time so, for the um for the for the moment, isn't it? Well, we're now going to introduce a first in podcast history, yeah. um, whereby Fat Lads and I have had our words. I'm pretty sure that you, the listener, because it's all about you, the listener. Um, probably want to have a word about something yourselves in which case mm. go ahead yeah we're going to give you five minutes to get it off your chest to have a rant have a whale do what you want you've got yeah. five minutes go for it i think can we sort of emphasize that this is sort of creating their own completely unique version remix if you like of this podcast and also if some of them want to send in their five minutes that would be quite welcome as well wouldn't it so oh absolutely absolutely yeah the more thinking time that i get in the podcast the better really but also the more times they listen to this episode of course they can do a different five minutes every time so you might want them i want to listen 10 times and 10 different having a words that's a very, you know, if you've got a lot of words to say, that could be a solution. You could just, yeah, play the podcast again and have and just get it, get it out, get it out. You'll feel so much better for it afterwards. This is one of those where, you know, every every generation or so, there's a kind of where were you when moment, isn't it? Where were you when Kennedy was shot? Where were you when the Twin Towers came down? Where were you when England won the World Cup? This is going to be like, where were you? When Moliere gave us our own five minutes. Yeah. It's going to be one of them, isn't it? There you go. Couldn't have said it better myself.
you know, we can talk during their rent, can't we? They won't know. Um, <laughs> we just bought ourselves five minutes, uh, sort of just fill in the blank ourselves. Well, i tell you what, if you just go back to sort of one-syllable answers, then that will solve the problem. Yes, Sir Smollier, I couldn't agree more with you, eh? <laughs> okay, I'll get back to me Molière podcast um, mm. attitude. <laughs> the uh, the behaviour of uh, young English people in uh, southern Spain, jumping around on cars and puking and not wearing masks and just like destroying the place as usual. It's sort of you know, it's it's, it's culture in it, and. Uh, so that that went viral yesterday that footage and they've actually closed that strip today so another success for the brits abroad or the english abroad i should say because the the scottish and welsh are, are quite rightly stating that so these people are clearly english stop calling them british so yeah that, that so that was interesting to see as well we've got somewhere closed down um yeah life continues will britannia well, it sound, actually, that your stories just makes me think that it sounds like um, Scotland and Wales bordering on stupidity. <laughs> yeah, thanks for those um, interesting uh, fate divere. Um, yeah, so my news item is, have you heard about the, the breaking news in the, uh, the podcast world? There's... Um, um, a couple of blokes, um, one from, or living, I should say, in Aquitaine, and the other in Wessex, and they've, um, yeah, broken ground. They've um, they've given part of their podcast to their listeners. I mean, it's sort of like a cooperative arrangement, and. Um, well, it is breaking news, but I think that if we read the news in a week's time, it would probably be, um, you know, a raging success. And I guess the proof will be in um, the pod stats next week. We've gone from a country that had no national day to having like loads of them now, you know, <laughs> and like like last week's one just seemed to, you know, it was it, Independence Day was the headline. That's why it was. That's why they opened the pubs on those days, on that day. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a responsible decision. It was in order to get the moniker, to get the headline, right? And it's like, what sort of country has an Independence Day to mark the pubs opening? Like, it's just unbelievable. Well, it shouldn't be unbelievable at this point, I guess. But, I mean... So, are you good? Sorry, i just got to get straight, um, you know, for the listener. Um, so, are you going to have a Brexit Day and an Independence Day, or is that going to coincide on the same day well there's also talk of having a trafalgar day as well there's a lot of talk about that because we're, we're well, a progressive forward-looking nation obviously we're not dwelling in the past in any way whatsoever so yeah trafalgar day that'd be a good one i think why stop there let's have a hastings day a waterloo day an Agincourt day a cressy day because you know if anyone's bothered about that like the french for example they should get over it well, I don't understand why you don't take Bastille Day, seeing as they don't celebrate it over here. They celebrate um, La Fête Nationale. Well, you know, you, those you, those kids in southern Spain did seem to be celebrating Bastille Day because a lot of them were son culotte, I can tell you. It was absolutely, yeah, I think, yeah, maybe. Let's blame the French. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, that was um, 
a, a nice note, you know, entente cordiale and all that, um, to end the um, whatever section that was. Um, let's move on to a section that I know is dear to your heart and undoubtedly to the listeners, yeah. and that is the oubliette section. Yeah, the top-rated oubliette section. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I will. I will kick off. I'll kick off this one because um, now I, I live in the in the country over here. And um, there's this lane at the end of my property um, that can only fit one carriage or one vehicle on at a time. So if you meet someone coming the other way, you both have to go onto the verge. And um, I, um, I actually pulled over and stopped to allow um somebody to come past and there was no you know hand signal to sort of you know say thank you or acknowledgement in the oubliette evil it's evil stick him in the oubliette forever well well just just should make him think a little bit you know yeah, forever. Evil. <laughs> so who's in your oubliette then? Who are you sticking Jack, in the oubliette? Jack the Ripper. Who? I, I, I want to stick someone else in there as well. Our favourite listeners, let's say, or or, or perhaps uh, the, the listeners with the, with the most problems, if they're still here. Anyway, the, I think that they were... They will recall that a couple of uh, oubliettes ago, I stuck um, Stock Aitken and Waterman in there. Do you remember that? Um, yeah. For, for, for crimes against music, and I just kind of, I want, I'm going to stick Mike Stock back in the oubliette again because he seems to have, uh, seems to have escaped, and uh, he's making a nuisance of himself again. I'll tell you exactly why he's going back in the oubliette. Okay. There's a musician called Greg Gilbert who is uh, undergo, undergoing uh, treatments for um, stage four bowel cancer. So it's pretty, pretty serious stuff this guy's going through, unfortunately. And um, he tweeted that he was worried that his, the treatments he desperately needs for, sort of, for life might be denied him after we leave the European Union. And he has good, good reason for worrying that. And so Mike Stock, of Stock Aitken and Waterman publicly replied, you're still here, stage four. And then he did another tweet to, uh, aimed at the same poor guy saying, the new world of Brexit and Donald Trump will bite him on the bum. So Mike Stock, writer of Never Gonna Give You Up and other classics, back in the oubliette with you, mate. It's just bizarre. That's kind yeah. of weird, isn't it? It's yeah. totally unnecessary. And it's evil. 
Deary me. Yeah, it's getting a bit full in that oubliette, isn't it? I guess that, you know, we could let some out occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> Are you looking at me, punk? Well, no. we're going to... Um, I'll just blame the listener. Blame me. Everyone else does about everything, so... No, I'll blame the listener. Maybe you could edit that bit out. That would be good of you. Well, maybe that could be, hey, but then that could be one of the, if someone sort of donates five ninety nine, what do they want? They want to go in the oubliette. Exactly, because that's kind of insulting, isn't it, five ninety nine? God. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> me. I don't know if there's any point in me saying anything, actually. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep that in, but we'll follow it up with a head nod. For sure. Um... Moliere has been nodding his head in a sage fashion. Um, let's crack on. Well, there was a report recently on um, in the French news about um, somebody, I think it was in uh, Marseille, driving into the port. And um, they've been following the directions on their GPS. And um, what became clear during these uh, during this well, this news news spot was that um, it wasn't the first time that someone had driven into the port following mm. the GPS. You know, and um, and I don't wow. even I don't th- even think it's the person's dr- person driving's fault necessarily. <laughs> I think it is uh, maybe a combination, but but that is part of the problem for me of GPS. Oh, sorry, over there, over here we call it GPS. Um, sat nav. Yeah, sat nav, isn't it? That's what you call it. So the um, I do have a problem with sat navs actually, and that is that you can go from where you're going from to where you're going to without knowing where you are or, or, or where you're going through you're just blindly following this little blue or red arrow or whatever it is um and i i've never had one and i don't i don't uh, want one and i i i, I, I use i use maps God. so um yeah that was was that was that the sports section i oh, know that was the um that was the yeah Raging against the machine. Have you had enough? You can put in some music there or something, you know. Well, we can't hear you anymore, so we'll stop the recording. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Okay, yeah, all right. And uh, it's goodbye from him. Well, not even. It's bye from him, and it's um, bonsoir from me, and um, catch you soon. Evil.
chapter <laughs> four and more fun and games on the estate. Hey Molière, what did you do to your eyes, boy? Um, well, do you have anything to add on any of what's been said so far? Nope. <laughs> Thanks for your contributions, Matt. Let us see where this is going. Watch this space. Well, listen, listen to this space. When I say stay in, I mean stay in my grounds. Shall we start yeah. this episode again then? Okay, I'll get back to me Molière podcast um, attitude. <laughs> Disactivate Arete Logistimal. So you can join me with a glass of red, white, or rosé from the Chateau Montagne. Very, very nice red, a cheeky red, a dirty rosé, and a flirty white. Very cheap, but very nice. Just contact Molière and the fat lad to place your order, and we will wing it as soon as possible. Muchas gracias. Au revoir. I'm a bit worried about my statues now. Um, Moliere has been nodding his head in a sage fashion. Um, Moliere has been nodding his head in a sage fashion. To go, maybe you could edit that bit out. That would be good. good of you. Go. Maybe you could edit that bit out. That'd be good. good of you. I'm going into the kitchen to get the bottle of wine. What Illuminati? What Illuminati? What Illuminati? Yeah. Um.
well do you have anything to add on any of what's been said so far nope <laughs> thanks for your contributions fact let us see where this is going yeah. um well do you have anything to add on any of what's been said so far nope <laughs> thanks for your contributions fact let us see where this is going and you could maybe throw in the odd French word as well, which would be nice. Yeah, I could throw in the odd French word. You could have the odd bottle of wine and it would all be very authentic, wouldn't it? Well, it's funny you should mention wine, actually. I've just got to uncork this one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure if we should be doing that on podcast. <laughs> no, it's just getting a bit low. Look, you know, I know you think that for some amazing feat of technology and, and time travel that I'm sitting in my chateau in 1789 but um I don't have a bedpan I'll get, I'll get back to me Molière podcast um attitude I'll get, I'll get back to me Molière podcast um attitude <laughs> que tu vérifies tu t'es pas trompé dans les dosages mais non je me suis pas trompé ils sont plus dieux je, je te dis que je me suis pas trompé ils sont affaires c'est tu sais c'est arsenic vieille dentelle et hey, Molière what did you do to your eyes boy I reckon you got a good deal there, eh? <laughs> Have you had enough? Have you had enough? Yes, Sir Smollier, I couldn't agree more with you, eh? <laughs> <laughs>